0: Who's? Okay. Make it. Make I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't. do
1: that
2: Turn it down. Came a touch. In hot. We definitely came in hot today. All right. Oh God. Where do we? This is dump a yeah, this isn't <laughs> a All right. Welcome to the show, uh, guys. Welcome to the show, fellow I met, robots. I, I
3: imagine that the the title of this this episode is going to say Chronopolis, and people are going to be thinking. <laughs> what's that oh what that is
2: thank you <laughs> rav
4: i love you it sounds Revenge like something so that's sweet.
3: not as as bad as it
1: was <laughs> <laughs> like it, wait can i just before hang we hang all on. go off and pan don't this, we have to introduce have, wait, the show this. hang on go first ahead. of
2: all welcome to the show everybody i'm your host asher lack with me are my co-hosts dr alan sussman what's up sam lazarus that's me and our lawyer, Raphael Ruttenberg ESQ. We're introducing this because like
3: hello dumbasses! in case you clicked on something you didn't know what it was. <laughs> you're just like <laughs> clicking random links on that's, Spotify. That's how podcasts Because you're, you're a simian. Is that what's happening? are we all <laughs> you're those? a
2: shaved ape.
3: <laughs> hello, Russian bot listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh God. That I purchased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Um, yeah. So today we're talking about Chronopolis. Which was a RAF recommendation and we're gonna get into some of Raf's reasons for God. recommending this movie. Um, I sound angry because he did it out of spite, <laughs> so angry because you yeah. are. <laughs> yeah. This was a it's a nineteen eighty two stop motion film by a uh, Polish French director whose name I cannot and do not care Piotr to remember. Or
1: something <laughs> Piotr uh, Kiljerwicz. Like, actually this movie was actually released in nineteen eighty eight was it the version that we, the version that we watch
4: <laughs> god damn it sam thanks
1: all right so this
4: movie is so obscure that the writer does not have a wikipedia page yeah, think like, yeah. <laughs> this, yeah this is
2: his only feature i think it was yeah. like this and like a short story <laughs> yeah
4: this movie, I think, is on YouTube, he bur- right? He burned
3: bright like a shooting star. Yeah, I watched it I think it on it's YouTube. not on YouTube. Oh, yeah?
4: Yeah, I watched it. I think it's on YouTube, and it has like 5,000 views. Yeah, they cut like on... Yeah, <laughs> my music videos have more <laughs> <laughs> plays on
2: YouTube than this song. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 6,000? I mean, this is a <laughs> movie. Exactly. 5,001. <laughs> <laughs> you just
3: keep you keep playing them so you can stay ahead of Chronopolis. <laughs> That's when right. When Chronopolis passes you in popularity, it's, oh, it's
4: a dark God. day. Yeah. Uh, have you? Uh, what other recommendations have you made on this... This is my first one. This is, <laughs> this is my your first, first one. You don't get to make anymore. C- okay,
1: I just want to say, Raf. Like, first of all, you love this me. This movie is terrible, and I hate you. <laughs> Second of all, this movie is incredible, and I love you, and I'm extremely grateful to you for having recommended it. it. Is not this is incredible. incredible. This is. I mean, it's so compelling, dude. The, like, the movie is. I found it really compelling.
2: Okay, if it is not compelling, well, if you want to see a is. movie. <laughs> that no one else you will ever know <laughs> will ever see or experience or or have anything to do with at all in any way, shape or form. Pause the podcast now. Go to YouTube and just look up Chronopolis and you can watch h- however much of it you want to watch. It's pretty much all the same thing.
1: Actually, regardless, <laughs> pause this podcast now. Go watch the whole thing. It's incredible. It's
2: fifty-two minutes long, or at least the cut that you can find on YouTube or Daily Motion. It's about
3: the same length, and I, I will say I do actually think the um, the soundtrack by Luke Ferrari is actually pretty good. It's like you know very modernist, uh, contemporary classical music. Actually, yeah. disagrees. I love it. Somewhat. It was fine. It's somewhat uh, chromatic um, and atonal.
2: It reminded me a bit of some of the sort of early cr- Kraftwerk records when the guys from Noi were still in the band.
3: It's and definitely a hard experimental, but yeah,
2: it, it it feels like a like a kraut rock. Like it, there's like some of the B sides on those like the not as good Noi records. Whatever the one with the, I guess it's Noi two or Noy nineteen eighty six. Yeah. Know.
3: It's probably in the musique concrète tradition. But yeah. I n- don't know enough like about that Like, if you like metal say.
2: machine music, then it's really it's pretty different than that. <laughs> it's, I know, but, like metal machine. So I was gonna say fifty-two minutes. It's better minutes, than metal machine music. Fifty-two <laughs> minutes is the
3: exact same length as the Carter Three. So if you just wanted to listen to that <laughs> while watching Chronopolis, there's no dialogue. It Actually, syncs up. Actually, <laughs> it's actually yeah. the Carter Three was actually made to sync up to Chronopolis. No, a, a good thing. What this movie's good for, amongst other things, is that. If someone says, oh, what's your favorite animated movie of all time? You could say Chronopolis, and they're going to be like, oh, wow, you're, you're, you're a genius. You're brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> let, because let me, they uh, don't know what you're uh, talking about. Let, let me gargle your balls. Oh, yeah. 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 So That's you haven't seen Chronopolis? Reasonable. Yeah. I mean, this is obviously something they show in film school and nowhere else.
2: I I went to film school, and they didn't even show it there. Like, if they had shown this in the department, we would have been like, "They're uh, riot. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, they really would have. This
4: uh, is, yeah, this is some pretty ridiculous stuff. Didn't yeah. they just show
3: like basically just like Wonder Boys? Uh, no. Is your that, film school just like <laughs> you, a four-year Wes Anderson program?
2: <laughs> oh, God. Actually, this this movie had a similarity to a Kenneth Anger movie in that both of them I could see playing on the television in the background of Max Fish as I like drank in college. That was about where I thought that this movie belonged. Accurate.
1: This is definitely party background yeah this was it's like one of those things
2: that was pretty much it's like a tool video that's like an hour long
4: yeah (laughs) i mean it's not quite as intense as a tool
2: video
1: unless narrative
2: yeah that's true both of those things are true so should we try and do a plot breakdown or Uh, uh, what uh, yes please try i okay so if you
3: this came out roughly the same time as the peter gabriel video for sledgehammer and stop motion animation that one had like a dancing raw chicken in it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite videos. It's a great video. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm
2: being serious. Yeah. yeah. Both things are great. Okay, cool.
4: I guess uh, it was more of a thing at the time. Stop motion.
1: Yeah. I mean, stop yeah, motion. I, has kept, been. I kept thinking about like how much fucking effort goes into stop motion. I know. I know. And like how many decisions, like in the very beginning, there's a scene where there's like the two spheres like intermingling, mm-hmm. you know, like he pulls up two lumps and then they're like jumping over, yeah, battling yeah. each other, kind of. And, like, you know, that that one sequence probably took, like, six months or something. I mean, that complete.
4: guy, like, he did everything, right? Yeah. yeah. The I dude, actually read it was half a
1: decade. Right. The whole movie took half a decade for him to animate. Yeah. Hmm. But, like... It took wh- half a decade to get well, anyone to see it. it. <laughs> 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 yeah. we, we just doubled the number of people who have seen this movie. That's right. This movie got a
2: huge robot house bump. <laughs> Oh God! It's gonna take off. I wonder
4: is that guy still alive? I
2: don't know. He doesn't have a Wikipedia. Yeah, how would Did, we know? Was he ever alive? <laughs> 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 Did yeah.
1: he even exist?
3: All
4: <clears Are throat> right,
2: possible. Yeah. So, should I try a oh, plot breakdown? of this? I actually think or I think
1: Raf's got it up now, but the, a plot breakdown probably would begin. The plot breakdown the, is basically there's the there's,
3: there's just a couple French there's a few French paragraphs in the at the beginning that yeah. tells you what this what the movie's about. Without it, I definitely would be more more than lost and it gives us some structure so i appreciate that so my how did you translate this this is actually okay. interesting
1: so wick um wikipedia because i did translate it by brain google says, translate okay there is no su- oh do you want do you want to read it first or no should? you go okay I'm curious. google translate goes there is no sufficient evidence of the non-existence of the city of chronopolis on the contrary dreams and manuscripts agree that the history of the city is a story of eternity and desire it's hieratic hieratic and impassive inhabitants have for occupation and only pleasure to compose the time. Despite the monotony of immortality, they live in expectation. An important event must occur when meeting a particular moment and a human being. Now this awaited moment is preparing. So two comments I had, based on the email you sent, Raph, is to compose the time is like a literal translation. And you said you had... uh, to pass, pass the, the time, yeah. Well, because to pass yeah, the time. because I think that's it's
3: wrong though. Passer le temps means Passé. to pass the time, yeah, but it's but composé. It's, yeah, so I have no idea. I mean, so, I don't really speak enough French to yeah, tell you so what I that looked means. Up so
1: the French definition of composé, and one of the meanings basically comes down to like compose a symphony, like that kind of compose. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Which I think is probably most appropriate. So it's like they. Uh, their only occupation and pleasure playing or working with time
3: yeah and this is definitely meant to be like poetical like i don't yeah. think that this is meant to be like the most literal structural introduction ever yeah it's fun be- it's fun for me because yeah that were uh hieratic yeah so this is like That's it's kind c- of cool back. clue it's like a this is like a pre yeah a priestly cast
4: wait what does that mean
2: hieratic
3: um concerning the priesthood concerning the clergy
2: yeah, so so essentially the paragraph in the beginning and my reading of it was because I also read the the wikipedia synopsis of the movie without which I would have not understood yeah. anything. Right, it was basically just that there's a this imaginary or real city of immortals above the world and that they've grown bored with existence because of immortality and that they're waiting for this sort of event to occur that's going to break them out of the cycle of yeah, boredom it's specifically
1: the confluence of a time and a person
3: so right yeah obviously the b- breakdown of the title chronos time polis city time city yeah mm-hmm. got that everybody i think you did it i get it now i broke it down i broke it down to its bare essentials <laughs> <laughs> I, are
2: we gonna the- have a foghorn <laughs> Uh, no, we're just going to make that one. noise. Should I get okay. one of those? I think you should yeah. get a Foghorn. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Alan, you got a dish horn, it
1: Alan. Because oh, so
4: yeah. one of the descriptions that I read was more like what Sam was saying of like, they were playing with time, right?
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. Using it. Because so the first so sequence. I thought they were doing
4: like time travel stuff or something.
1: Something like that. The first sequence in the or, movie, yeah. to me, felt like they were like creating and transmutating matter and energy, right? There's, like, this sequence where yeah. the black dots, like, come together and form a flash of light, which is where they came from. It's, like, a flash of light, and he conjures these little balls, and then the balls go and form back into ball of light.
2: Yeah, one of these weird mm. immortals. So we see, basically, yeah. the the opening of the movie, and I would say the first, like, 15 minutes of the movie, at least, is just, like, these sort of strange, they kind of look Egyptian, they've got, like, heads.
1: Oh, yeah. Actually, hieratic can also refer to hieroglyphics, Okay, like having to do with ancient Egyptian lithography. So
2: hieratic is how the immortals are characterized in the opening text of the movie is like hieratic. So, again, we've been through a couple of weird sort of translations of what that could mean. Um, But, yeah, I didn't know that it also meant... Egyptian. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's I'm sort explaining of like this to egyptian for our clergy. Clergy. audience.
1: It's like re- that. I think the original meaning was related to Egyptian clergy, and later it came to mean just related to clergy in general. Well, okay.
3: the, the I guess the mortals or whatever you want to call them, as they're presented, the inhabitants of Chronopolis, do have the look of kind of like Egyptian like stone relief. Yeah, like, Is like that the headrests, bas relief. I don't remember any. Yeah, they history. look like those sure. those sure.
2: gods that sit. I don't know. They have that very stilted like. They look like Egyptian gods. Yeah, they're very elongated.
3: Yeah, elaborate headdresses.
2: Yeah, and I don't know. Yeah, and they're basically they're just like fucking around with like these weird spheres. Well, that was
3: my interpretation. I mean, there's like there's. A lot of symbol, like a symbolic richness to this. So I was, you know, you could try not It could be meaningless, it could be meaningful. It's like it's like really, really hard. A lot of it feels like sort of like dream logic, but there's definitely what you get, and I think this is conveyed not just from the, uh, you know, the written introduction is that they're they're playing. There's something that they're yeah. doing that yeah. they're playing. So it's like, I sort of they have some handheld devices. It felt a little bit, a little bit like like. Some yeah, was like Pong. Of points, yeah. Some of it looked like they were playing on their phones. Yeah, a little bit like mobile games. Yeah, to me.
2: definitely pre-sages
1: mobile games. But yeah.
2: I mean, it certainly had that quality too. Or it, it could be,
3: you know, it was uh, contemporaneous with early video
2: games too. That's yeah, little handhelds. That's
1: true. Yeah, Atari was making those at that. Well, maybe not in '82. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah? I think
2: the Atari like parent system came out around
1: then. Huh. Okay. I know. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I know that like play and watch is around then.
2: Yeah, and arcade games. I mean, yeah. right.
1: I guess so, yeah. Yeah, it must have been, sure. Because yeah. they existed when we were little kids.
2: Yeah, I mean Video Killed the Radio Star was about the first arcade games.
1: Really? Yeah. It's not about MTV?
2: No. That's why it was the first song that MTV played.
3: it like a, it sounds like it's a paradox.
1: I, yeah. Guys, isn't there a look line in the song I want my MTV? No. Is that that's a different, a different song? song? I think that was the same song.
2: I will cut all this. <laughs> <Excellent>. <laughs> this oh, is the
3: uh, we're wading into the depths of ignorance here.
2: Well, th- this movie, you know what this movie felt like if you if I was like can I have a novel, please? Like, I'm interested in reading novels. If I was like an alien from another planet (laughs) and somebody was like, yeah, here's a good one. They handed me like the chemical wedding of Kristen Rosenkreuz from like 1312. (laughs) And it's like some fucking religious allegorical insanity of like, and then the homunculus ascended the third step. And I'm like, what is fucking happening? So I just muted the movie and put on the news. I didn't understand
3: anything you just said.
1: (laughs) I think that was the point, right? The
3: chemical wedding of what? What? Of Christian Rosenkreutz. Is that a real thing? Christian Rosenkreutz.
2: Yeah, it's like one of those. It's like a 13th century or 12th century or something like that. Chemical? uh, Yeah, it's not. It's an. It's a. Like it's an allegorical text that I I, again like. I'm sorry. (laughs) Too (laughs) deep. What the fuck? Yeah. 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 Over our heads. Apologizing. I'm sorry. No, it's like it's one of those things. that's like a. Back when science and religion were kind of a little bit the the fabric of those two things were sewn together, there were you know kind of hidden texts. I'm putting this in air quotes, where like you know esoteric knowledge was passed on through these weird allegorical stories. Alchemy, yeah, thank you, alchemy, which is why it's called the chemical or the alchemical wedding of Christian Rosenkreutz, and it's supposed to be handing on some kind of secret about something. But it's actually the story of this person like marrying someone else, and it's like they travel through the nine chambers of the whatever. But it's like each thing is supposed to symbolize something else. So You've I've read this. No, I haven't read it. I read like the fucking Wikipedia. What's his name? It's, this is like you know Dan so Brown just, talks yeah, about it. Right. So yeah, so
3: yeah, so yeah, okay. No, I was going right. to so say so this, is like a, that this was a piece, and this was a piece of a puzzle of another conspiracy theory that you were clearly you, you No, know,
2: it's a part of. If you guys haven't read it, it's a cool book. I. I recommend it to some degree. It's sort of like a fancier or more erudite version of a lot of kind of thrillers that were popular in the early part of the century. Um, Umberto Echoes, uh, not the name of the rose, the other one. Umberto Echoes Foucault's Pendulum. Mm-hmm. And, and basically, Foucault's Pendulum is about a group of publishers who decide as a joke to craft all of the conspiracy theories of the world into one master conspiracy theory, and then they publish it, but then in doing that it turns out that they've accidentally hit on something that's real and all this crazy shit starts happening to them. It's a kind of an interesting
1: book. And this is related how to the the chemical, chemical wedding, wedding
2: is that's one of the sort of elements of the okay. the conspiracy that they put together. All right, now I've gone down like a real yeah, What was your was broader point at all? My broader point was that this movie had a kind of like an allegorical vibe to it of like in the city of immortals and like time doesn't exist. And I I don't know, there was something about it that felt like there was depth, but I didn't really understand what that depth was.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I got that sense a lot that there were like references that were going over my head.
2: Yeah. I'm sorry.
4: Really? (laughs) I I mean, there probably are, but I just felt mostly like, like this was a guy who liked to play with stop motion (laughs) and, just was trying to put together some sort of story, like based on just the things that he liked to do. Well, what I like about it, it could
3: be, I think you could, Alan could be right. I'm not going to insist <laughs> that it's not that. I mean, I think Alan might be right, but it's it's tantalizing that it's not that. You know, that there's something that there is yeah. something that you could read into it. Um, you know, it's like it, 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 roughly similar to you know everyone, everyone with a developed you know frontal cortex appreciate these days appreciates contemporary modern art and a lot of it is like oh is this sort of a joke you know but then we you <laughs> like know jeff
2: coons you- it is <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> take that jeff coons david hockney unseated you <laughs> <This> <laughs> stupid fucking hacks. capitalist yeah ridiculous art world oh
2: god i was talking to my dad about that Yeah. Uh, and i was just like to me this is such a symptom of like yeah like late capitalism is just like too much money is in the hands of too few people and they need to see a return on their money so they're just like, let's find something and then trade it amongst ourselves for increasing amounts of value so that yeah. we can pretend we're fucking making money and that our way of life is worth it. Yeah, that
3: Hogney painting is going to some air-conditioned warehouse where like some chic is going to like stand in front of it and fart, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's like that's what's
2: happening
1: yeah. and that's what do, this do, is. Do you actually know who bought it or are you just
2: I, the, Yeah, it was the Comte de Saint Germain Actually? No, she, she no. called Farty. Okay, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, let's cut that. <laughs> Wait, which one? From. <laughs> so what else? is oh, God, there to say about so, this. movie? yeah, okay. Well, at some well, point so we then, did the ending. <coughs> yeah. So, well, are okay. You guys, so are, I know.
3: Curious what? Why I chose this? No. Yeah. It,
2: yeah you
1: no, chose yeah, this I out of
3: spite. I had multiple reasons. Right. I know one reason. The first reason is spite. The first reason is revenge for. Um. Definitely for Terminator, maybe to some degree for the black hole, even though I feel like that was worth watching. <laughs> the black hole It was, was still hard to watch. It was watching. still difficult. <laughs> Ernest so Borgnine. Oh, you <laughs>
4: missed it. Yeah. Ernest Borgnine.
3: <laughs> Everybody, I'm a coward. Even though he did not lay the groundwork for me being a coward. I'm still <laughs> a coward in this movie, and it changes the whole plot.
2: Oh, God. Hey, I'm the robot. <laughs> I'm Slim Pickens. <laughs> this is just me, Bob, the ye old country robot. <laughs>
1: Oh god, I have no idea. So what what were the other reasons?
3: The other reason was that I feel like it I, I it makes a point about like about sci-fi, which is that I feel, you know, even though sci-fi is about sort of the limits of imagination in some ways, like finding something that is just so beyond in, in every sense just beyond our experience, very speculative, uh very imaginative um like that's all of what it is it's, it's 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 just like it's fiction you know dialed up to 11 that it takes like you have to have a fundamentally it, it has you accept a fundamentally different idea of what life is like or what like the future could be or the past could be i guess in some circumstances but i feel like the genre has you know kind of has like a an achilles heel or something like that it has like a soft underbelly i guess is a better metaphor which is that in the telling of this these movies are very conventional yeah. like they're unconventional ideas with but they're to- with conventional narratives yeah. huh. like there's hard to think of something more conventional than star wars which is not saying it's bad i also don't think star wars, wars is, is bad not sci-fi oh, star wars fine. is definitely sci-fi it's fantasy, fantasy. okay god fine
2: <laughs> <laughs> No, but you're t- that's such a good point. Yeah,
3: light, light, yeah, yeah lightsabers. There's nothing well, sci-fi about no, that. No, it's
1: space
2: magicians.
3: That's space what, uh, space that's magic, what fine. Like the is
2: exceptional of um, like 2001 A Space Odyssey.
3: Very good. That's That was like the only other example that came to mind, And plus like every Andrei Tarkovsky movie, but we'll just put those aside for the no, moment.
2: No, I mean, we will have to watch Solaris at some point, Yeah, I assume. I, I
3: would say Solaris or Stalker. I mean, I've never seen Stalker. God, those are such good movies. Those are actually great movies. But um, yeah, this <laughs> I'm a little... As movie. opposed to this. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 that. That. I'm really nope. on the fence. But it's it's like it's like the in extremist example um, of, of what like a totally unconventional narrative is. It's like, yeah, it, this could be like total bullshit or it could be pretty profound. And yeah. I thought that's like, you know, I just wanted to mm-hmm. make that point.
1: So you're yeah. saying like it's kind of cool to watch... Something coming from a sci-fi perspective, which also is like not telling you the story of like country boy makes it big,
3: yeah, or, or isn't like sort of rehashing like okay, so Star Wars, for instance, just let's just say it's sci-fi for this we'll this one episode, and we'll, yeah. we'll we'll come back to that,
2: kill each other over it later, in a
3: thousand yeah. years, we'll come back to that. Yeah, I mean it was it's been it's been brought up in like by the, the cool teachers or cool professors. I you know, Miss Miss Stillwagon, uh, who. Whatever. Um, Wh- who
2: Wait, later went slide. on to marry Patrick Stewart's son. Which is kind of
3: bizarre, yeah. but, it, you Make know, confluence show. and coincidence and everything. But um, she taught it as like, this is like, you know, it borrows extensively from classical Greek mythology right. and the Iliad and the Odyssey. Yeah, I mean. mean like this movie? No, Star no, no. Wars. Star Wars.
1: They, Star they Wars. all do, Star which Star is the point you're making. Right? Right? Yeah, that's like, sort I mean, of all classic sci fi is that, that story.
3: Yeah, I mean, but, like, this is just like the, these. The way these stories are told, the way these narratives are constructed, are so much um, a part of our, a part of our culture as it is right now. We're not asked to, uh, even though if we're asked in our imagination to imagine something that is um, utterly different than the way we live, we're still not asked to inhabit a story any differently than the way we've been used to telling stories uh-huh. for millennia. And so I think it's it's when that doesn't happen, it's very special. Not necessarily this movie. <laughs> Definitely two thousand one is a great movie. I feel like all oh, other than that, it's like hard to come up with examples. I feel like there were things about Interstellar that were similar to like, like I the,
2: still haven't seen it. Mm.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know, really. know what you mean. But again, it's sort of similar. There's you yeah. know, the there's Broadly. Like the, the hero's journey is in there and yeah, stuff. Or yeah. He's got the thing back home. He's trying the Holy to save. Mountain.
3: That is not sci-fi.
2: It's not sci-fi, but but, but oh it's yeah, another but movie that sort of touches on that idea of like, how can we break down narratives such that it's like becomes a psychedelic experience essentially. Yeah.
1: That's what we're talking. So yeah, that's sort of the bigger question is like, what are other? Why well, don't like use it Doesn't the P have word. to be sci-fi, but like, what are other stories that like not just break out of, but like send up the idea of that having, you know, not the Odyssey directly, but having that sort of simple. Mythological arc that yeah, we all yeah, understand. The
2: hero with a thousand faces is the right. sort of the, the definitive like critical text that kind of deals with this idea I'm like familiar. Oh, it's it's pretty great. You should definitely check it out. Um, it's you know it's again it's what they teach you. That's Asher's endorsement for the. Episode. It's like oh, actually, I have a better thing than an endorsement nope, this week. I got only a really cool idea. Okay. Um, yeah, but it, you know, it's what, basically what do you guys
3: make? What do you guys make of that idea, though? I mean, is that I like? Love it.
2: Yeah, I think. Well, well, I think it. Oh, I'm sorry. So, I don't want to step on you, Alan. Yeah, I do.
4: Ouch! Um, Sam literally just stepped on me. Um, <laughs> I'm <so> the funniest.
2: <laughs> it's like
3: they're in the room with us. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking the
4: fourth wall. Well, so I mean, the original version of this movie had narration, right? So um, you clear?
1: No, definitely. That's the original version. Okay, that's what I. Okay. Oh, that's right. what I Fine.
4: So, so basically, there was a the original version had narration, and then which none of us could it. find. Yeah, and, and it's impossible to find. Then they removed it, and that's the official version, I guess, that was yeah. released. Yeah, and they later. also took
1: out like eight minutes of footage. Right.
4: And is it clear if that was the director's choice or like to remove that? <laughs> well,
1: stuff? since there's no Wikipedia page about him, <laughs> I, I'm sure somebody knows. I didn't do enough research, and probably the material out there that answers those questions is in French.
3: It's not like the criterion is t- touch
4: this <laughs> hot potato. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so my point is just that uh I, I just I keep wondering what the original was like. Like yeah, me too. If if, if you know if, if there really was just a lot of narration maybe this story actually there it, it actually is a fairly, you know, conventional story. And it's just impossible to tell because all the narration has been removed.
1: No, I was thinking about that too, like cuz there's definitely a narrative like, it feels like there isn't, but even just sort of on the simplest level, there's a narrative like the dude shows up and then something happens, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Like, that part of it is fairly clear, right? They're yeah. waiting for him. He shows up. They watch him. Something happens. Well, and also... I mean, they all die, right? In a lot yeah, of ways... in their society That crumbles. is, again, Literally. the hero's journey. Yeah. It's right. just told from the perspective not of the hero. But But what I'm saying is like... Basically what Alan said Like What was the narrative about What was the narration about Because That right. part of the story Is only the last 10 minutes or something Yeah which right? That is so weird So what are they talking about For the yeah, first 40 so minutes Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah The first
4: 20 minutes Is I gotta say Very repetitive Yeah it's Just yeah. like them Messing with stuff with And their like toys. creating Different things which, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And So to Raph's point Of just like I like that this is a movie Not That doesn't follow Like a structured narrative Because I think Basically, I think there's a broader point of what Raph was saying, which is essentially like one of the big things that we talk about on the show pretty much all the time, which is just like to really innovate in science. And I think that science fiction is the sort of vanguard of a lot of that. It's about breaking down your paradigm and thinking outside of whatever sort of rote structure you've already got for it's yourself.
1: Just, it's just not typically the narrative structure that's the thing that gets broken down.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So it's like sort of interesting to see that, and I, I would say like other than two thousand one, like the uh, the really good example of people sort of doing that is Philip K. Dick, right? Like he breaks down a lot of like what a strict narrative looks like and like what a narrative on wheels or on rails looks like, and and
1: oh, another good example is the Star Wars Christmas special.
2: <laughs> Which I've never seen. We should watch that sometime. Yeah, we should. It's supposed to be unbelievable. <laughs>
4: yeah, I it's, think I've seen part of really it. It's really excellent
2: <laughs> content. I think, pretty is it amazing.
1: on YouTube? Probably. <laughs> B. Arthur's in it's it. It's pretty damn amazing. I thought it was illegal. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically, as the movie progresses, we do get that kind of structured narrative of there. there's like sort of, I don't know, did you guys interpret the sort of repeated image of the people walking up the ladder as like mortals trying to reach the kind of city of immortals? yeah, I
1: took that fairly literally. they're climbing up a
2: yeah some cliff they're trying to get to chronopolis, and oh is, oh that, really that was I mean, I don't know, I thought that that was a sort of a metaphor for like man's attempt at sort of surmounting you know whatever the the technological, you know, or biological kind of, like, uh, boundaries, right? Like, I thought that it was, mm-hmm. you know, aspiration. We,
4: maybe we should go through the movie and just, yeah. like, try to well, try I think, to do a plot. Even though we tried the beginning and decided it was impossible, there is, like, a somewhat of a plot, right? There is an arc
2: to it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, I mean, the, I the arc it. is basically, like, we covered the first sort of 45 minutes of the movie are yeah, basically it's basically
4: them just creating, like these immortals just messing around and seemingly just creating things. And being I had a, an interesting point
1: about that, actually, I think. I hope it's interesting. There's sort of two. Okay.
3: <laughs> I like how you preface your own points with. I have an interesting point to yeah, make. Yeah, super interesting. Uh, I have insightful a trenchant thing. observation. Wait, wait, let's
4: just do the the plot breakdown real quick. Didn't we just do that? So, okay. no, that's, no the that's, first, the first that's the first 40 40 minutes. 45 minutes.
2: Then, okay. So, yeah, that's the first 45 minutes of the movie, and it's about as exciting as that conversation <laughs> we just <Yeah>. had. <laughs> then there's like a repeated motif throughout the first part of the movie of these sort of what looks like guys walking on a ladder. And like, obviously, we all sort of took that to mean... Wait, some
4: they weren't... Wa- I don't think they were walking. They're climbing, climbing. up a, a they're climbing up Yeah, a a face. Face. they're climbing up yeah. a cliff face with a rope, and they're, they're nailing Patons. nails in... Oh, yeah, uh, yeah right. Right. okay
2: yeah so they're climbing upward toward i I would assume I think like they the immortals are sort of watching it on a screen yeah and so it seems like it's men from the mortal world because all the dudes kind of look the same mm-hmm. um anyway at one point this one climber the mountaineer or whatever his name is lands in the pipes of the city so it's sort of like the pipes underneath chronopolis at least that was my or interpretation above. of it could or could above be. yeah, yeah. Maybe underneath, um, and he encounters like this giant. Right, well, he and he falls. also starts he, flying. He
1: falls, right? yeah, or well, he at first he falls, he falls and, at first, and then he starts. And then discovers flying. he can fly. But no, no, no it's as bef- you do.
2: before that even happens. He encounters a ball. No, 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 no. He starts really? flying before the ball. Oh god, he encounters the ball. Yeah, this movie makes no fucking <laughs> sense, which is great, but just put it on in the back of a party and have a conversation with your friends about like I don't know. <laughs> rio speed wagon or, or get something. as high
1: as you can and watch it in the dark <laughs> yeah both excellent yeah. options <laughs> yeah
2: agree um yeah anyway w- so that brings us to sort of the end of the movie so after this dude has this kind of like psychedelic experience and then befriends a moving ball
1: which has been dope a bouncy ball right somehow the beings the eternal beings have put I couldn't get a good look at it. Some like little looked like a red submarine helicopter into <laughs> the middle of the silver what ball. That was. Yeah,
2: they were doing something weird.
1: <laughs> um, which my interpretation was is like some kind of time machine. But
4: right, that was my interpretation too. Because yeah. like he takes he it, gets it out, out yeah. and then it seems like time has gone. Like he relives. Like he relives something. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's just a memory. It's kind of hard to tell. No, oh, yeah. I did
2: not catch that. Yeah, and then he
3: all. he plasters it back
4: up. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that I saw under duress. Like, there's shit coming for him when he yeah. does that. Oh, yeah. right? Wait, what? Yeah, he, like, keeps the little red thing. Let's call it a time machine mm-hmm. for lack of... Oh, he keeps it. He keep, Well, that's what it looked like to me. It happens pretty quickly.
4: Oh, he keeps it. It looks
1: like he pockets it or eats it or puts it in his mind uh-huh. or throws it behind uh, he his head and, and you don't see it fall. It. <laughs> and then plasters up the hole mm-hmm. and then they, like, come for him, right? That's when he is then led to the... The, I think like he,
2: he went to them. Yeah, it was no? unclear okay. at he, he
1: gets an audience with
2: the he immortals. He dances yeah. with that ball for so yeah, long. That's yeah, that's the thing. I was just he hearing about, like, Why are we watching like, this? He's incredibly
4: teased he he like is lost on these this pipe planet. Like just this plays with all these pipes. This pipe he level. runs out of he runs out of energy and falls asleep, right? He looks like he's about to die. He meets his ball. And then suddenly he's like all this energy and just starts dancing and love for like five yeah he,
3: he falls in love, love with, with the ball, the ball he whips and nays with his ball yeah. <laughs>
2: okay and then the the immortals grant him an audience and sure right I don't know whatever he makes it to the inner chamber of all these immortals and they've been watching him on like a sort of weird TV screen right right that was my yeah, yeah, understanding yeah, yeah, of yeah. It. portal okay. or something yeah and what ends up happening is. It, should I give the ending away? Well, Spoiler he, alert! Yeah, stop the he, yeah.
1: pod now if you have not watched <laughs> yeah, this if movie and you,
2: you really need to. Yeah, you definitely you should. Don't. <laughs> hit the, hit the
3: two bars in a little button. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know how to pause stuff, <laughs> it's two bars. Yeah, vertical bars.
1: Yeah. Well, as case. opposed to the equal button. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah, the equals. Press, equal <laughs> s- <laughs> press <laughs> the equal sign on your keyboard repeatedly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so what ends up happening is. He like infects the city with time, and and all of a sudden time catches back up with all of the immortals, and we watch them yeah, or all or something like that. Yeah, yeah right. I
1: felt like it was more like impermanence. Okay, in,
2: yeah. I, I don't. I it felt like
4: all the immortals die, and the and the city crumbles. But it's it's unclear, and and the person with the ball has somehow caused this to happen. It's unclear to me how exactly, like, what the cause is. Yeah, it reminded
2: me a bit, again, like, it relates to a lot of famous allegorical stories. Obviously, the the Edgar Allan Poe story, The Mask of Red Death. Oh, yeah, uh, obvious. You know, about the Count who sort of, like, decides he's going to seal off his party from death and everywhere outside. Venice is dying of the plague, but it's fine. And then at midnight, the guest shows up and everybody drops dead. Right, and the guest is Death. Is that from Foucault's Pendulum? <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, has anybody sort of drawn the connections between uh, Canopolis and Metropolis, the Fritz yeah. Lang movie? Yeah, I did notice visually, a bunch of those. Yeah, sure. okay. And Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen it. Alan hasn't seen it. I've seen it, has seen it. I guess I've the same. never I've seen, seen the clips. whole thing top to yeah, bottom. I've never yeah. seen the
2: whole thing. Oh, really? I know, we should watch it for the pod. I, I know, that's like a real bad... I, I think I probably, like, skipped that day in, like, language of film class or whatever.
3: Uh, it's a cool movie. I mean, it's it's silent. 1927. It's about, like, a... Fu- oh, God. I can barely remember it. A futuristic society. So, it is sci-fi, where everything is automated. Um, and But there's, like, a, a dark underside to it, um, where I think that, like, people... You know, in order to present this uh, sort of like crystalline and perfect uh, facade of the society, there's people toiling. So, it has a sort of like, um, what's what kind of message is that? Help me out here.
2: Oh, I mean, that's like a, uh, I guess it's and, a proletariat message. I yeah, don't know. yeah,
3: it's it's definitely yeah, it's definitely uh, you know, u- it's definitely utopian or like um, anti-exploitative but also like you know this is, it, i think it conveys a kind of suspicion about uh the inherent uh progress that science will bring and i think that is echoed to some degree in Chronopolis cuz it's like you have these immortals who don't forget are a priestly caste and they've like created a i guess a kind of religion out of as far as i can tell uh, making making games, toying with the the fundamentals of reality, but they're also waiting for something. And I think that I don't really quite understand like what happens when the uh, traveler, the explorer, gets to their city. But so, it affects them in some way that it destroys them. That much is clear to me. Yeah, but I feel like it's 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 um attendu. It's they're they're waiting for it. Yeah, you know.
4: Yeah, I it's think the that they, they bring about their own destruction right like they, they that's
1: wanted, what they're waiting for the yeah. thing that's missing from eternity mm-hmm. is is death the end yeah right? yeah
2: it, it reminded me a little bit of in the bible like that mor- mortality is something it's that mankind has to learn right so it's like adam lives the longest of any human then you know uh, whatever his kids are i can't remember their names and Abel. no they're they <laughs> they don't work out whatever his kids after them live like the second longest person. And like mortality is something that gets slowly learned by mankind. I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know. I, or, I am not no, sure that's, that that's the Bible. <laughs> that's
4: definitely <laughs> no, that in I've, the I've, Old no, Testament. I've heard that as well. I mean, it's not something that's explicit. Like, but it's like if you if you calculate if, the ages of, yeah, of, if you of, read of people it, of characters in the bible it's actually it's there pra- their, their lifetimes okay. gets shorter and shorter the further they get from the garden of eden yeah but i think that has to do with like the fall of like of getting mankind. further and further from huh.
2: purity or whatever that's an interesting point yeah fair enough i just yeah for some reason i was just like okay so is it that mortality is something that like we have to learn over time
1: right but yeah that was the sense i got was like these mortals have spent eternity I'm un- trying to play with and understand everything, but they don't understand impermanence. They don't understand ends, right? Like, so that loop that I was talking about before and the way that all the objects they create go back and forth between states and go through these machines and then become a thing that they were previously before in the loop. You know, it's like nothing ever right. stops. None of these processes complete. And right. then when he comes, they're like, Oh, Oh, like things do end things can end and somehow the thought the conception of impermanence the the conception of conclusion infects them yeah and then and then they're released
4: yeah yeah it's true like until the the human or the mortal comes into the story there just does seem to be a sort of cyclical like repetitive you know monotony sort of monotony to the story right it's only when
1: the that's in the intro they talk about like it's explicit they prepare you for the monotony to come (laughs) oh
2: god yeah all right i think we pretty much wrapped it up on this i mean i was like scientifically there were a few things i thought we could maybe talk about which was like just generally like the idea of man's quest for immortality and sort of where we are on that journey right now because i think that a some scientific journal just came out and predicted that mankind would be functionally immortal by 2050, which I was like, "That's pretty fucking optimistic." Mm. I, I mean, haven't i seen things like that?
1: We've been saying that for like hundreds of years now. I
0: don't,
4: I don't know if like,
1: we Didn't we they have... say that around like sock and before that, like Lister, like we got soap. Now we're never gonna die. Oh, yeah. we still die. Oh, we got polio vaccines. We're never gonna die. Oh, there's right. still measles. Oh, we got I, a measles I, vaccine. I we're remember gonna die. that oh, it was, was
3: supposed to be. A side effect of Y two K is that we we're yeah, all yeah. immortal <laughs> forever. <laughs> in conclusion, I guess this is movie's a little bit of a fable about you know hubris.
1: Hubris. Hubris. I guess the a little hubris of the immortals.
3: Yeah, it was like the the, the actual inherent fallibility, the in- impossibility of perfection.
1: Yeah, it's I more like the, I'll take that. More like the. Wh- wh- I don't know what the adjective is, but like the mundane nature of immortality the
3: ball sackiness
1: yeah of immortality. Exactly. the ball sweat pool of eternity i think
2: raf was right. talking about ball sack the writer no, no. i was talking about ball sackiness. <laughs> 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 uh,
1: correct
3: it's a new, it's a new adjective for everybody out there and in, in dreamland
2: oh god um yeah i don't know what was the other thing oh
1: Oh, wait, Again, wait, wait, wait. But so what was the thing you were reading about immortality?
2: I mean, that was that was really, I guess, so I was reading about biological immortality, which is basically just... davidike.com. <laughs> yeah, I, I just went on Wikipedia and was just like, on Wikipedia, I saw this dope <laughs> photo of a guy sleeping in a field after the string cheese incident played. I'll cut that.
1: No, leave it in.
4: I like Wikipedia. This
2: is good. Um, I was yeah. listening
1: to a thing uh, about... I thought you were
2: going to say I was listening to the string cheese incident.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> that has never occurred. Um, I, I don't know if it's a shottle or axolotl or do you guys know what I'm talking about? They're like. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah. the They're the little. Um,
1: they're uh, juvenile salamanders that, that live never leaves
2: in the Amazon.
1: Not caves, more like marshes. But yeah, uh, but they, they never leave um, their nymph state. Yeah. And salamander nymphs are essentially immortal. Like they never you can cut them cut their limbs off and they'll grow back. Huh. And they can have like serious trauma and recover from it. And they'll grow to be like, I don't know, what the upper limit on their age is, but it seems like, you know, when the, the research they're doing on them is towards like limb regeneration and longevity and so biologically it's certainly possible to have an organism which is functionally immortal yeah. there
2: are so there are immortal cell lines and stuff like that right. which is crazy yeah, so so I basically was learning about that. I, I learned that lobsters are not biologically immortal. Damn close, though. They're really close, and the reason that they're not, actually, is because of the amount of... Deliciousness. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> the older
1: they get, the t- more delicious they are, and therefore we will eat them.
2: Well, actually, it's the, the older they get, the more energy it takes for them to molt, and eventually they can't... Because they get bigger, and they can't... They eventually just can't, uh, like... Mold without but doesn't that basically mean having a heart attack and dying? Doesn't
1: that just mean that their size has an upper limit, not their age? I
2: don't. I think that it's the actual act of their. I don't know. That's a good question. I guess. Thank that, you. Yeah, but great question. Yeah. So, but, but basically, do. lobsters don't have senescence, which means that like they don't get older.
1: They don't get cell death.
2: Yeah, and the reason is because they don't have telomeres.
1: Really? Yeah. Well, that's the big...
2: They don't even have telomeres. We don't know
1: that that's the reason.
2: I think that's the theorized reason. Or maybe yeah. that they don't have telomeres or that they have some kind of uh, enzyme that you know blocks their telomeres or whatever.
1: Yeah, but like 20 years ago, I remember there were a bunch of articles about research into that. Like telomeres, w- yeah. Into that's telomerase. Right. Like, oh, let's give people pills that stop their telomeres from breaking and then they'll live forever. And guess what? It doesn't work in humans. Okay. Fair enough.
4: Yeah, so people were talking about... They've been talking about this this for at least 20 years. I remember people talking about this 20 years ago. Um,
1: Soulja
2: Boy telomeres? (laughs) That's going on my Coachella poster. (laughs) Boom.
4: But I think... And then people were also talking about telomerase, which is like an enzyme that can block the shortening of telomeres. telomeres. But then I don't think that we've developed a drug which can properly...
1: Yeah, okay, so they, were, they weren't giving people pills, but they were doing tests in the lab, which didn't yield the results they were looking for, I think. Oh, really? Well, I just remember reading, like, wah, wah. pretty soon <laughs> we'll wah, wah, have wah, this wah. process down, and we'll, we can stop cells from aging, and we don't have that, so I assume that... Maybe they, they just picked a shitty lab. Analysis for no fruit, that's possible. All
3: Probably right. they picked, like, Cornell or something. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or
4: school ever that was a burn on alan
2: <laughs>
4: um, um taking I, the
2: back door to the ivies
4: <laughs> i think i think the issue is that uh i don't know i, I think they haven't been able to d- probably develop drugs for it um but i also think it's like a it's like a this is like a bottleneck situation or like a weakest link situation or something where you know, this is what people say is the thing stopping us from immortality, right? But if we actually were to solve this, we just find some other issue that was causing us to die at... Yeah, that's what I was saying. ...150 right. or something. Right. You know what I mean?
1: And that's been happening since our life expectancies <laughs> yeah, were... Yeah, would be axed in the head.
3: <laughs> yeah, or just a
4: suicide <laughs> boredom. <laughs> Welcome tired. to
3: Cornell Axe to Head <laughs> <laughs> We've been trying to cure axes to the head. The Axe to Head Center, at Cornell. <laughs> we have experience with axe wounds to the head. <laughs> oh God! All right.
2: Was but there anything? The
3: else? other
4: immortality thing, right, is is downloading your consciousness into into uh into the cloud or whatever. Yeah, I mean right? Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> You just play Halo forever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, that's what they mean that angels have halos. Okay. Wow. Is there <laughs> anything, is anything that worse than cut? That? I <laughs> I think is there, there, anything, there is anything worse than cutting? That's a good place to end. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah.
2: So I think can we call it there? I wanted to talk a little bit about like Atlantis and lost cities, but we can do that in another episode. Well, the city, oh, right. city of lost children. I don't know. I mean, No, we can. We need more time. No, no. I got. I've got a cool? A, I've got an idea for a new segment for the show um so we, we're gonna do stargate atlantis right so yeah, yeah we might as well and holy then, shit you guys hate me we not do that? <laughs> no we're not holy gonna shit do stargate atlantis can we do the
3: stargate tv series all of it like all <laughs> 600 episodes
2: <laughs> yeah and doctor who phd that's right a pretty huge deficit
1: <laughs> that's not where i thought that was going <laughs> okay
2: Um, yeah. So like when we did the black hole episode, Raph asked us a rhetorical question at the end of the episode before we did endorsements. And I was like a bunch of other podcasts already do endorsements, which like we can definitely do those. And that's cool by me, but I thought it might be cool. And, and maybe this is whack, but we can try it and see, and we can always cut this. Um, I thought it might be cool to end each episode with a thought experiment where we ask someone brings in a rhetorical question and then we ask each other the answer to that rhetorical question. I wanted to make a point. that makes no sense. I'm not sure
3: it's rhetorical. You mean the phrasing or the idea? Oh, God,
2: I hate you guys. I think the (laughs) idea of a
3: rhetorical question is that the question is not actually meant to be answered. (laughs) 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 It's used as as a point (laughs) of (laughs) rhetoric. That's a good point. Okay, (laughs) Okay. fair enough. uh, So, so for for instance, right now, a rhetorical question would be like, why do you think Asher's so
2: illiterate? <laughs> I,
1: I would argue a better rhetorical question is how is Asher so illiterate?
2: I own many books, but I only know how to throw them at homeless people. Here's a rhetorical question. Cut the-
1: What's the opposite of rhetorical?
2: Explicit. Shit, no. that,
1: was, that was not a rhetorical question. Do you guys have an answer for that? Like the antonym. I know what the opposite of the concept of rhetorical is.
3: Subliminal? You're just saying words at this point.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, anyway. AVM. I, okay. I,
3: I can't th-
4: think of it. Yeah. It's tough.
2: Anyway, I thought it might be cool to basically mimic what Rafted in the black hole episode and version. float a non... I'm cutting that whole thing. So our debate over what constitutes a rhetorical <laughs> question, that's gone. What's Dude, up, leave listeners? leave it uncut. Thanks for, for sticking around the show. Um, so we're going to introduce a new segment now. Where basically we, we bring up a hypothetical question um at the end of the show Hello. and then each one of us it just takes a crack at answering <laughs> it. <laughs> um yeah, so last time Raph asked us if we could if we could convert or if we had to convert to any religion, what would it be?
1: Had to. I don't remember. The question was if you had to. This is a week but.
2: ago. This is two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. This,
3: that's way past my memory.
2: Your event horizon is <laughs> <of> caring about <laughs> exactly. stuff. Okay. So, uh, today, I guess Carolyn and I were having a discussion, and I thought this was kind of an interesting one, and she was like, if you could be related to any person from history, who would it be? Oh,
1: that's easy for me, because I already have it.
2: Me too, but uh, let's let's
3: do... Sam doesn't like these games. I yeah. don't? He always tries to find a workaround.
2: Yeah. yeah.
4: Well, that's yeah, I don't all heard, games. But I don't understand yeah. this question.
1: If I'm going to get same,
3: really same monopoly monopoly. it, I think. <laughs>
1: Well, I recently <laughs> figured out that's the way to win at Monopoly. Cheat,
3: like I said, Sam grabs money from the bank. <laughs> well, no one is fucking. I mean, that's the
1: moral. That's, of I'm having
2: monopoly. a great time. <laughs> that's how that's how
1: our real system
2: works. Yeah, Why? exactly. <laughs> Just like
1: yeah. the moral of playing Monopoly is the bank always wins. Yeah, that's true. Or the bank is stupid. Yeah. No. And also, if you, you, have you go one? to
2: jail and you have money, Well, I have one, but I I have several. I have like two or three. But that I don't understand think are this cool. question so the question is just like one person or two people from what's history the advantage
4: that like of being related to somebody then you nothing, can hang out, no, you hang out with them no you can't hang out with nothing. them and you don't like change as a person because no. you're related to them <laughs> and your genes are therefore different
2: no it's just sort of like it's you just know bragging right yeah if you were like like we went to high school with uh, a Jesus girl Christ. who was a direct descendant of david hume and i found that out later and i was like oh that's kind of cool wait who's that that's dumb
1: Oh, you don't want to say it Raph, on Raph,
2: who's David Hume? No,
1: who's the girl?
2: I'm not going to say their oh, name. Okay, That's cool. not very nice. He's a philosopher. Just, oh, just Rachel little... Hume. <laughs> there was no Rachel Hume. Oh, David Hume Jr. <laughs> <laughs> David Hume the 10th. <laughs> <laughs> we had no idea. <laughs> These are all beautiful girls' names. <laughs>
3: It's the rule. It was in David Hume's will in Scotland. He said every, every ancestor, not ancestor, every progeny of mine is going to be an ancestor now. I'm changing it. I'm David Hume. I'm Jewish for some reason.
1: Wait, is that his father? Is David Hume the negative first? Oh God, I changed my name from Hume and Steen.
2: <laughs> All right. He's Humeberg. Oh, God. I can't do a Scottish accent. Are you looking at me like you want me to do one? Everyone's looking. Ralph, at Raph, I'll do it for you, but like for two dollars, okay? David wait. Hume here, coming to you live from beyond the grave. What you want to talk about? Ah, wait, are you Fuck Scott? Off.
1: Are you part Scottish? So
2: uh, this is an interesting one. He thought he was. I thought I was for like years because yeah, my I mother swore up and down that we were Scottish because her her grandfather's. Name was Duncan McNaughton so I was like, "All right, that's pretty solidly Scottish." Yeah, it, it sounds Scottish. like
1: that sounds like a spoof Scottish. Name. I know it's yeah. like
2: our grandfather's name was Macbeth e. Edinburgh.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: this I'm is getting, kilt, golf, kilt golf. Kilt <laughs> golf. <laughs> kilt the golf haggis. Shortbread is the greatest food that exists. It's
2: quite delicious. I have a nice recipe for Never it. had it. Really? Yeah. Oh, shortbread. Wait,
1: shortbread? No, I meant I meant sweet bread. Sorry.
4: Okay. Oh yeah, I meant. I thought you were talking about sweet bread. You guys were talking about shortbread. I wasn't. But you said I've never had shortbread, Alan. Yeah, I got I got confused, but <laughs> but why were you talking about shortbread? This episode is, that
1: is going, going in thing? the garbage.
2: Yeah, Scottish shortbread. Oh,
1: that's why. Like on the shortbread boxes, they always have a tartan print on the outside, and right? the,
3: they make them in the little Scottish terrier short pretz yeah. too
1: sometimes. I like them. Extra they, dog, please. They, <laughs> <laughs> they taste
3: better than the regular short print for True. some reason.
2: And schoolboys, that's also... Oh, no, I guess those are French, right? So... It's a good-ass... Cookie.
1: So who
3: would you be related to?
2: No, fucking... It's rhetorical, Rav. I... Okay, I'll We're, treat how it as rhetorical me? and not <laughs> answer. <laughs> rhetorical. <laughs> We're cutting this segment. All right. <laughs> you Clearly, keep saying that. We're not we're
1: gonna have like ten minutes for this episode.
2: <laughs> It'd be better than the movie. That's Actually, true. no, that's not true. I don't know.
3: I would be related. Uh this may sound a little obvious, but I have a good reason for it. I'd be related to Jesus. Because Aren't, Aren't we all?
2: Yeah, we all come from the what? house of David, but but why?
3: <sighs> Sam Okay, and so the reason is, <laughs> I love you. The, it would be a cool secret to have. You wouldn't tell anybody, and it, it would be amazing secret. Be like, I'm a descendant of Jesus, which is, is like totally fuck so much stuff up. You just be like, yeah. It's like if I started, if I told people the truth, really changed some shit.
4: Wait,
2: Jesus didn't a- have children. Yeah, in, but you don't need to Christian be a descendant. <laughs> Well, so it's like
3: it's like third cousin, it's not <laughs> yeah. interesting.
2: Okay, so I uh, that's an interesting that's taking the game to another level. Obviously, this segment is not going to do instead of endorsements, right? We're going to have to endorse stuff. Fuck no. No,
1: you don't want to endorse endorsements stuff. Endorsements are stupid. Why does anyone care about my opinion?
4: That's I, a good point. I don't care about it.
1: <laughs> See? <laughs> that's true. I don't even care about
2: it. But I'm interested I'm to actively <laughs> repulsed <laughs> by it. <laughs> See? <laughs> Guys,
1: <laughs> this episode, <laughs> I make the most sense. I think there's
2: a gas
3: leak in Asher's apartment. <laughs> and yeah, I'm not talking about Asher's ass. No,
1: that's where I was going.
2: <laughs> okay, um, I that's I like that a- answer and I like that reason. Sam, Richard Feynman. Okay, fair enough. And you're actually Richard Feynman's cousin, so third
1: it's third cousin, third yeah. cousin. Yeah, twice removed. Cool. Groovy. He's also amazing.
2: Yeah. All right.
1: Mostly, mostly it's because uh, of the way he expresses the job of a teacher of science. That's the thing about Feynman that is uh, priceless to me.
2: Just that he makes it accessible to like average workaday minds like me.
1: Yeah. Or more so, he makes it that like that's the point of science is for it. Like, you're supposed to be making sense of things to people that don't understand them. That's the whole purpose yeah. of the scientific, you know, the process of inquiry. Kind of.
2: I like that. Fair enough. Alan? Peter Singer?
4: Who's that? He's a utilitarian philosopher.
1: <laughs> cool. I, I know who Peter have. Singer is. That's yeah. an interesting He's answer. A cool guy, right? Yeah, he is. Inter- you, That's you, an very like interesting...
3: And. Obscure person <laughs> to pick
4: Yeah He's one of my idols I think Huh Yeah Why? He's was like Um He just like sticks to his guns Like
3: Wait he talks about guns? The father of animal liberation right?
4: Yeah Father of animal liberation It's interesting But you're but not You're know,
3: like, not vegetarian though
4: He was for a while I was for a while ah, And it was okay. mostly because of Peter Singer actually
1: Cool I appreciate that um, Also just because animals are free Doesn't mean you can't eat them
2: Actually, I think that's the definition is that by free, they're not being interfered with as in being killed and eaten.
1: Yeah. I mean, are they free to it's not still, die? It's still
3: chattel slavery.
1: If you raise them to be eaten...
2: No, even if you encounter a live animal in the woods and kill it, you have impinged upon its freedom as an animal. You don't it's not like freedom versus slavery. Like murder is also a form of So like interrupting if if freedom. I
1: get a flu and it kills me did it, me, did it imprison me? Did it take away my liberty? It wasn't
3: an agent acting on you. Thank you. The only so, people who could impinge your freedom are other agents. There has so to be intent.
1: If a lion slaughters me in the forest, the jungle is, an, is a lion is an agent depends if
3: you believe in it? animal liberation well
1: do you if so is a lion allowed to kill me no because again that that is do you have like a dial for
2: truculence <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah down? yeah no it's like it uh, goes all the way up when I come in
2: Okay. I know it's yeah. when you guys get around each other
1: that's exactly the case we yeah.
2: agreed on something
3: I, re- I can't remember what it was though <laughs> I'm not oh, sure. Yeah, I remember
1: that. What were we talking about?
3: No idea. Ice cream. Was that possibly? Um,
1: Maybe when we were talking about black hole, actually. Yeah, I think
2: it was when we were talking
1: about the black hole. Oh, you convinced me of something. Holy shit. You changed my mind. Holy shit. But did I can't you, remember what you it was it about. Back? I think it was <laughs> no, about. I just no, <laughs> no,
2: You'll find it when, when I release the episode and you listen to it. I'll find it in I won't there. be listening to it. Oh, fair enough. Do you not listen to any of the edits that I
1: send? Yeah. That's my second listen and now I'm done. Oh, cool. Good talk.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, my pick was Admiral Horatio Nelson. He was the the British commander who died at the Battle of Trafalgar. Did no? I change mine?
1: Yeah, Alan Turing.
2: That's a pretty good one. I guess this segment is not that interesting. Um, let's throw two endorsements. What do you guys got?
3: Since we're talking about, we were talking about Christian rock earlier. My favorite Christian rock record. Is by this guy D R Hooker, not Doctor Hooker, D period R period Hooker, and the album is called The Truth. And it Alan's is Alan's face right now is present. It is something else. <laughs> I mean, you gotta get you gotta get ready for this shit. <laughs> it opens up a whole door <laughs> that you realize that you like Christian rock.
2: <laughs> I mean, I like that song "Spirit in the Sky" is pretty dope. Uh, this is that is Christian different.
1: rock though, or is that just a rock song about Jesus?
4: That's, uh, I yeah. think that's very dependent. You know, that song was written by
2: a
1: Jewish Rich guy, you, yeah. yeah it's like Norm
2: Greenberg or yeah. Greenbaum or something. Yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah, this week I'm going to endorse a record. Um, because it's autumn here, I'm going to endorse this Ravens album Ravens and Chimes, Holiday no. Life. Although, <laughs> no, um, I'm going to endorse wait. What's record. the name
1: of the new album?
2: The new record's called The Empty House. Actually, yeah, I could, I could plug my new record, which is coming out February 22nd probably I'll around when Valentine's Day. drops. <laughs> and yeah, and the uh, the opening single for the record is coming out in like two weeks, December 7th. Um, the video and all that. But no, um, I'll probably cut that as well because it will have long since passed by Why the time this episode it? comes out. People know about time. Fair enough. But yeah, this week I wanted to endorse a record that, I don't know, I mean, I guess some people know it. I feel like it doesn't have close to as much attention as it should because it's so good. Um, Anyway, it's a fall record uh, and it's called The Trials of Van Occupanther and the band is Midlake. And if you ever wondered, it's got like a Blue Oyster Cult meets like Charlie Brown music vibe. I would say that's the kind of wheelhouse where it hangs out. It's got like a real 70s rock and roll vibe but with like just a dash of like no 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 All right, I'll cut all that. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Mid like the Trials of Anok. That sounds like Char- the Charlie Brown song. <laughs> that is the Charlie <laughs> Brown song.
1: All right. Okay. God. Great endorsement. I just bought it.
2: Yeah, you should.
4: Download it on Spotify. Endorsements? Yeah. I, uh, I got nothing. I don't know. I would listen to the National. Really? Japan is cool.
2: Oh, yeah, you were in Japan.
1: Yeah. The country? You're endorsing endorse, the country, Japan? Japan. Nice.
4: Yeah, everyone should go to Japan. Just <laughs> get on get the next plane to Japan. hang out there You know? Go to the Fox There's, Island. Oh yeah. Oh, Naoshima. <laughs> I will endorse I'll endorse Naoshima if if anyone's going to Japan. <laughs> um it's like this art island on Japan. Hang out there for like two days. Look at a bunch of art on an island. Not a lot of people. You a also, lot of modern art. How's the, cool. how's
2: the sushi? Eight horse. Pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard.
4: Best sushi is um like in the Midwest. JFK. <laughs> 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 because that's all in Midwest. You know what there. surprised
1: me in Japan was that you couldn't get sushi like more than 20 minutes from the coast. Like no one will serve you sushi if you're not. Wait, really? Yeah. If you go up into a town in the mountains, they just don't have hmm. sushi, huh?
4: I guess I never because if it didn't you didn't know come what's right dope? out of the water, that j- it's, it's, no its very anymore.
3: rare to find. I think it's called oden. That like uh, yeah, it's, it's that braised. It's just like all you get the, like you would basically like have like a braising tray. You're like I would like one um, piece of pork and one potato, and it's all like braised. It's very very delicious in a soy soy broth. It's cool. very hard to find in the U.S. Right. I think
1: um,
4: in the in Japan you can get it at Seven 7-11. Eleven, some Seven yeah, Eleven. It's have really good. Yeah, are you are talking
1: about like like uh, like an open grill, and they just slap the no food grill, on it?
4: not
3: no. yakitori. Oh, like It's
4: like a soup kind of. Oh, okay. Right.
1: Cool.
3: Kind of. Like a, they don't they, really serve it as like soup. Hot they hot don't hot serve it as soup. But and
4: then they pull it out. You they it cook it. It's not hot pot because
3: you like. I want that tomato. I want that taro root. I want that turnip. I want that squid, and they'll just plop it in a plate for you and it's,
4: it's been praised.
1: It's good. Oh, I have an endorsement that is real. Yeah? <laughs> I went Wait, to, I heard
4: that was a real endorsement. <laughs> no, mine wasn't.
1: Oh, oh, right. I went to Hanamichi yesterday with Sophie. I don't know if you guys have been to that place. It's in Koreatown. It's like not anything to write home about but, you know, it's sort of Japanese and Korean food. Huh. Um, it was like the only place that didn't have a 80 person long line when we were there last night and they have a Baby octopus and pork belly, which is so fucking good. Oh,
2: my God. Those
3: are like two of my favorite things.
1: Yeah. Right?
2: Carolyn and I were at Five Senses, and we saw someone eating that at the table next to us, and her friends who we were with were like... Anything other than the thing with those octopuses, that looks like those motherfuckers are eating aliens. And I was like, one aliens, please. <laughs> God, so baby delicious. Baby octopus is a oh great, great
1: thing to eat. It was incredible. I, don't, I can't tell if Raph is joking or not, but no, it was amazing. I'm not joking. I love baby Sweet. octopus. Yeah, they're delicious.
2: Yeah, I want to actually change my endorsement to uh, Five Senses in K-Town. If you're in New York and you want some Korean food, uh, Alan turned me on to this place and it is legit and it is awesome. Five senses. Great, yeah. Five senses. It's so good. Um,
1: between sixth and seventh or fifth and sixth. Fifth and sixth. And I like BCD Tofu House. I, wait. It's next door to
2: BCD Tofu House, okay. which yeah. Um yeah. I, I
1: guess Korea Town doesn't actually go to Seventh Avenue.
2: Also true. That's where Madison Square Garden is. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, yeah, thanks for listening to the show, everybody. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Asher Lack At Highly affiligent
1: don't follow me.
2: Sam is at Case of Piles, and you can follow, well, Raph.
3: Cheryl uh, Sandberg. <laughs> at <That's> Cheryl Sandberg. <laughs> <laughs> the real Cheryl Sandberg. <laughs> <laughs> Lean in, Raph. Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Lean into getting fired by America. Did you guys see that article? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was pretty nope. repulsive. That's I don't know what you're talking about. pretty fucking amazing. It's time, it's
3: time to delete everybody.
2: Yeah, that it's time is. time to
3: delete. Facebook? Face up to it. Face up to the book.
2: You can follow us on Twitter at RobothousePod, and it's H-A-U-S for house. Hey, Sam, what?
1: what <laughs> <devil> <laughs> are you gonna, Let's what go what? what? All right. Okay, <laughs> that's
2: great, guys. Uh, I love you. <laughs> follow us. All right, cool. Yeah, it's um, not Roe Bath House, by the way. <laughs> 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 All right, it's thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time. Later, guys. Peace. Hmm. Ciao.